All right, everybody, welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. As you can tell, we're doing quite a few of these because we have the entire NBA SB Nation writing staff in town, and we've been trying to get them all onto this podcast, and this was that Limited Upside Podcast. So we had Christian Winfield, Tim Cato, Whitney Medworth, and of course, Mike Prada, the editor of all of these great writers, on the podcast today. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We talked about the offseason that is becoming more and more of a monster by the hour, how somehow, no matter when we record this, crazy stuff happens right after that. The NBA offseason is a larger-than-life drama playing out minute by minute, and so we, we try to touch on everything that happened earlier in this week uh, and kind of talk a little bit about where we see everything moving into the future. But before you listen to this podcast... Why don't you go ahead and uh, and download, subscribe, and all those good things. This is a Vox Media Podcast Network podcast. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on SBNation.com backslash MBA, which is our on-platform. Um, subscribe, rate, review, all those good things. We always appreciate those. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. If you hate me, this has been, let me know that you hate me. I appreciate that. It makes me a better podcast host. So thank you for that. And you can send those questions. And you can send those comments to MikePreda at SBNation.com. That's email. You can also hit us up on Twitter, and that's at MikePredaSBN, at Limited underscore Upside, and at EpiBen. So that's where you can find us. And again, in this episode, you're going to hear from Christian Winfield. He has a Knicks persuasion. Tim Cato, he comes from the Mavs background. Whitney Medworth, she unfortunately right now is a Pacers fan going through all this Paul George drama. And of course, the one and only Mike Preda, who is, you know, the other part of this Limited Upside podcast. So... Sit back and enjoy the NBA offseason edition of the Limited Upside Podcast. Today is a special podcast. Mike will be joining us later. I'm Ben. But what we have that makes this special is we have the entire NBA SB Nation crew together in one place in the same state. I guess maybe we're maybe missing a couple people. Um, Zito's somewhere. I don't know. We he, don't count Zito. He, he doesn't matter. He doesn't care. That voice right there, that's Christian Winfield. We're also joined by Whitney Medworth and Tim Cato. You've heard them all on this podcast before separately. But today we're going to get them all together because the world's most fascinating drama is unfolding in front of us. It wasn't the NBA Finals. It's not Bachelorette in Paradise or whatever that is right now. <laughs> it is the NBA offseason, and, and we have the team at the epicenter of that represented here with Whitney, yes. and that is the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. How are you? Good. I think that's exactly what we talked about last time. <laughs> I, think it was. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Different context. Yeah, different context, but I think same result a little bit in the end. So, yeah, um, that is a big focus right now, and, yeah. and Paul George is making it quite known what he wants to do. So, so take me through that emotion. We've all yeah. had, you know, look, Christian was the beneficiary of the Nuggets being held hostage by the right. guy who became their best player, right? right. If you want to call it a beneficiary. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tim <laughs> here has... There's different terms we can use to describe <laughs> Tim here has gone through what it feels like to be all in on a few different free agents and not I've, get them. I've, I've seen some things. That's true. I've, I've seen some things, you know. <laughs> some old Mavs-related yes. things. Oh, it's like man. a veteran coming home from war, you know, it's just... <laughs> It's, 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 it's not bad. easy, right? You just have seen some stuff. I don't want to talk about yeah, it. And, and that, yeah, we don't we don't go back into no, we don't nah, go back man. into the memories. No, <laughs> who's DeAndre Jordan? I've never even heard of him. I, yeah, I, I, I honestly dream, though, who I is that to guy? Forget that yeah. name. Yes, that's right. But but on top of that, now we do we do get to Whitney here, and yeah. and that is the Paul George saga. T- tell me what you think about first and foremost. 
is it okay what he did? Like the whole break the news early to your team as if you're giving them some kind of positive. Right. Thing. I think that his intentions were right. And um, in doing that and helping mm-hmm. them out, giving him a – because I think it came out that the Pacers were going to try and build around him. Um, and so that was fair. He wanted to help out. He wanted to be upfront, let them know. Um, I think what made it painful is that he's been so adamant that he'll only go to one team. Yeah. That um, and now he's even saying that he won't like if you trade me, I won't stay anywhere else. Um, that's what makes it really tough. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, you did a nice thing, but not really. Right. Like, you're not yeah. really helping us at this point. Yeah. But the Pacers. Mike Prada, everybody. This Hi. is Mike Prada. Uh, yeah, I decided to show up. Uh, the Pacers should have seen this coming, though. I mean, in a way, it's kind of their fault. Like this, and everything well, that Paul George said is said through his intermediaries the other day is stuff that was pretty obvious in February. And like, if you really had a lot of foresight, it was probably true before the season. Although there was still the outside hope that that team right. would work. So it's like, I mean, they kind of did it to themselves to some degree, didn't they? Well, yeah, and I've definitely been on that like train that they have, um, but. I think also there's, like, the confusion that he had the conversation with um, Kevin Pritchard the night Kevin Pritchard got the job, and they seemed very much on the same page. And, mm-hmm. like, the gray area is when did, like, the I'm leaving conversation happen? Did it happen yeah. after he talked to Pritchard, or was that all fake and Pritchard knew that night? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what that was. And so um, because Paul George had the charity event in Indianapolis where he saved face, which I could tell was very fake, but I thought he said all the right things yeah. that he needed to say. Um, and so, I don't know. I don't know if he talked to Pritchard and told him up front that very first night. You know, that maybe is a little different. But I just still think no matter what, whether the Pacers knew it or not, like the pigeonholing himself to only one team and one team only, and I will absolutely, I like absolutely will not even play with LeBron, I feel yeah. like is, is like a little crazy. Yeah. Even yeah. like just – Forget the Pacers, like Paul. Wh- why won't you right. play with LeBron James? Yeah. Maybe he what's knows LeBron is coming. <laughs> oh God! No. Maybe that's what it is because it is kind of bizarre. Why would he? He wasn't even a Lakers fan growing up. Yeah, but he's, he's not a Clippers from LA fan. either. I'm sorry, he's but from, I got to put this on the table. Palmdale, right? Yeah, like he's that. from Palmdale. Like he's from the like Inland Empire or whatever you would call it. You know, it, he's <laughs> miles and miles away from. I think Los I Angeles. said this the last time we yeah. talked. Like he said, he's a weird guy. Like yeah. he says things that don't ever really match up that's, and it's like, that's interesting. And like interesting. I've always thought that about him and yeah. now it's like out for everybody sure, to see sure. like these things don't totally add up I mean it's just this idea I mean Christian you're a fan of a glamour market team right? I mean that and that's not to like even throw shade here you like call it that. it's the Knicks they play yeah. Madison Square Garden they're a historic franchise right people mm-hmm. expect more from them just because they are who they are and that's partially why people are very disappointed in who they actually are right now yeah but Give me a little bit of the perspective here of, like, you're a Lakers fan and you're trying to tell me that it's okay that Paul George singularly wants to come to us because I think the Indiana side is pretty clear here. And I, I feel, as a Sixers fan, and maybe Tim probably agrees with me as a, as a Mavs fan, I know Mike does as a Wizards fan. Yeah, I But mean, it sucks when you're that team who has this, you know, generational-type talent that you haven't had in a long time. It's, it's just tough luck. I mean, that's, <laughs> you that's got, you gotta do better, man. Yeah. You gotta do better. Um, you gotta do better as a team to build around him. Sometimes you just want to go play for a big but it's market. Like a, it's a vicious cycle, though. Yeah. Like, for Indiana to do better to build around him is wasn't easy. They didn't yeah. do a great job. Right. It also wasn't easy, either. Yeah. I, I do kind of think that you know, you guys kind of doubled down on him after he had that, that yeah. bad injury. You guys kind of stuck with him. And um, 
I think that's also kind of one of the, like an undertone in this whole thing. Is like, man, you're gonna leave this team after they they stood by you, but that's you know, you, you reserve the right to to do what yeah. you want. If yep. you want to go home, if you want to go home, and go play for LA, you know, by all means, go do so. But yeah, home is you know very relative when you're from a massive state that's the size of like <laughs> right. 15 other states combined. Yeah. What, what is you know. what is the equivalent of saying you're from LA? And you want to go home when you live in Palmdale. It is like Marco Fultz saying he's being drafted by his hometown Philadelphia team. It's about an hour and a half from where he lives in Maryland. <laughs> it's like the same thing. He didn't grow up a Sixers fan. It's yeah. like if you're from Vermont and you're like, yeah, my hometown Celtics. Yeah, but that's okay, though, because New England gets to own the Celtics, though. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Not, that's fine. Like, hometown to me is like when you're a fan of the team growing up, when, when this is the team Which he wasn't. you see everywhere. So, so Fultz might be an exception here. Yeah, that that yeah. might fit your role. Yeah. But, it, but if you were, you know, if this was the team that you you grew up idolizing and and you know imagining yourself playing for that's that's when it really stands out to me as being yeah. you know a hometown reunion. But that's not yeah, Paul George. Sure. He was a Clippers fan. Yeah, yeah. That's so like, what's up with Paul George? Doesn't know who he is. Now I had a, I also had a question. I don't think anyone ever like got a chance to answer this. But if mm-hmm. Paul George makes All NBA and he can sign that that super max, does he stay or is he still going? Or, I don't. Yeah. I mean, at this point, no. I'd, I mean, I think he's made his intentions clear. I mean, I think he's also not. I don't. I think I he's not making the team. Million. So I, I, yeah, I, don't, it's I not mean, going had down. he made or the team this the year, team. Yeah. I think that meant the Pacers would have been a little better. I mean, the Pacers had a roster that you could argue could have done something, right? And they were just bad. Right. Um, so if he makes that team, that means the Pacers are probably a little better, which means maybe he feels right. better. Mm. But you I know, mean, they uh, were bad. That's true. In our last podcast, Mike used the terminology about a. A bird in a hand, or something. No, we're not. We're not talking like, about like, that anymore. Or bites of apples. Like <laughs> Arnovitz used that bites of apples like ten times on the low post too. But the idea is, what like, else can you bite into? <laughs> well, like a bite, biting apple, of, um, biting oh. of a banana. But don't bite the bird though. That'd be bad. Um, <laughs> with that in mind, the uh, the you use that a lot, and I feel like that does kind of apply here to the idea that like Paul George is going to join the team, the Lakers, who are terrible right now. In the hopes that sooner than later they'll be good around him, or, as opposed to staying in a place where they already have Miles Turner, have a fan base and a team that they've been trying to build around him, with the idea that they can give him still more money. It's not the max of maxes, but it's still the most money he can get from any specific team. The, the money, the money evens out though, because there's probably some sort of escalator clause in his shoe contract if he's in LA, Maybe. or there's more he can sell more units. There's or, tax hmm. difference like, though in Los Angeles, which is a like, lot. More. I just yeah. don't know if like the money thing really. This is the the cruel irony of the super yeah. maxes. I don't know if it matters as much to these players as the the league thought when they made that rule. But do we we like that though? Like, I mean, as a fan of any team in the NBA, for, I should want to hear the superstars. And this goes, <laughs> but this is like the, the weird part. Is that the flip side of that is as a Pacers fan or, or mid to small market team, you would want to hear that players shouldn't be caring about money, right? They should want to go to the best fit, the best organizational fit, mm-hmm. the place where you feel most comfortable for your skill set, all those different things. Um, and it feels like part of the allure of L.A. are the ancillary ways you can make money, the mm-hmm. way that it positions you for the other parts of your career that aren't basketball. Um, yeah. And I think that's like kind of one of the things that you know, it does it does skew the conversation a little bit. There are a lot of other things in Los Angeles. One of the LeBron rumor aspects is like, look, he wants to get into the second part of his life, which is acting. acting. Mm-hmm. And there's L.A. And like that that is an almost unfair appeal because there is like one team, two teams, two. Clippers soon to be one again. You can act uh, in the summer, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know. I want to get, Tim, your take here because you 
the Mavericks are a team who's been spurned by free agents plenty of times, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. And this is this is important. It's not even. No, actually, I'm walking Tim, out of the studio right Tim now. Tim himself no. tried yeah. to recruit these guys, and they said, <laughs> I, I, "I would go to the Mavs, but I don't want to well, be around Tim." Yeah, I mean, like, look, this is not something that as a Sixers fan I've dealt with. We have not been in the free agent world nope. <laughs> for a long time, for a while here, and and so I want to get you kind of your thoughts on this, like as a franchise that you know. Uh, has not attracted that player, and similar to how the Pacers are about to lose that player, where do you move on? Like, how do you justify like your fandom and like sort of the next steps? And, and take me through that process a little bit. I mean, fandom is kind of whatever you make of it. I, I think <laughs> that all Pacers fans, you know, are totally within their rights to be upset about it because yeah. they're losing someone they, you know, emotionally invested themselves totally. in. They 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 spent time, they they spent energy, and and uh, you know had had feelings towards towards a. Uh, Towards a man who, who, you know, obviously went through the, the, the everything that he did with his with his, uh, you know, especially with the with the uh, the awful uh, leg injury, you know that that you know that that was a that was a uh, you know so something he really kind of pushed through, and and I mm-hmm. understand how how fans can endear themselves to that. I mean, at the at the same time though, it's like fa- fandom is is again just like kind of whatever you want it to be, and and it doesn't have to make sense. And that's and Definitely that's something not. and that's something that <laughs> I am I, I find myself like more and more at odds with as as I kind of go along because I want everything to make sense because sure. I'm in the business <laughs> of of making you know making things make sense and, sure. and explaining why the, why this and that happened and and as as fans like you know you have no responsibility to do that so that's, that's a very esoteric answer I yeah. it, it is I mean oh, but man. but so so I, I understand why are we all here anyway <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here anyway yeah so so I I suppose Support, you know, like I have, I have nothing against Pacers fans who, uh, who you know, feel like they've been wronged. I, I think that, you know, Paul George, you know, probably, you know, maybe on some on the surface did some things wrong, but you know, he's he has every right to leave. He he didn't force his way out during a trade. He was just, you know, the 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 unfortunate part is that that it leaked, and and that's what's ultimately going to cause, or you know, ultimately is is causing trouble for the Pacers. Um, you know, just in the sense of, of trying to trade mm-hmm. him with with a, on the market with with the value uh, now rapidly declining. Now that you know everybody knows their back is against the wall, and, and they they kind of have no choice but to trade him at this point. Yeah. Would, would you trade him now, or would you try to wait somewhere? It sounds like they want to get him out of there. If, now, it feels like if you time. keep him, it's a lost season. Like there's there's nothing. There's, what do you there's, even do with him? Exactly. It's if, like if you have him. Like like you you know nothing. he's not you know he's not staying. That's, you can't move forward as a franchise. Exactly. You, exactly. You are contextualizing so, your other players. With him as a teammate, and that right, doesn't do right, right, right. Like speaking of just like the fan perspective, like yeah. you're gonna come to opening night, wear your Paul George jersey. Like, yeah, like, yeah no, they gotta, they gotta. They have to get yeah, you can't even market him as a star. You can't. You have to right. pretend so, like he's so not it, there. Somehow. It's it's Miles Turner time in in, in the end. It you is, gotta, yeah. you gotta take down all the Paul George. And I'm interested everything. to see like what do the season tickets look like right now? What do the billboards look like? This is a big European soccer thing. There's a lot more you know, fluidity with players, so you might have your favorite him all over the place. It's true, right? Lance Stevenson and everything. Indiana love. Lance. Yeah, I, I saw Lance. I saw that picture. Lance. By the way, that some, some I forget who posted on Twitter. It was the the very famous like blackout picture that they had, and the photo shoot they did that year. Oh, and yeah, it's yeah. like oh, that was from all, the um, Caitlin Cooper from the yeah yeah yeah. Book. And they yeah. had all of them X'd out except for Lance Stevenson. Yeah. Like who would have thought it that said, he was the said, only uh, one left? This is not how that was supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. He played for like what three other teams in the meantime. Yeah. So. Yep. yeah. <laughs> 
That's Hornets, ridiculous. Clippers, Grizzlies, um, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. Those the yeah. And the Timberwolves for it. T- yeah, and for the Pelicans, right? Yep. Didn't he stop with the Pelicans he and then yeah. he got hurt? It's that's true. five teams. Uh, it's, Sheesh. That's, Shout that's out quite to a road back to, to Indianapolis. Um, all right, let's now move on. Now, if Lance <laughs> Stevenson told the Pacers that he would not be returning in free agency in 2018, <laughs> he, he wanted would, to go to the Lakers. What yeah. would be your reaction, Whitney? I, I'd I, love to know. Honestly, like, nobody wanted Lance to leave the first time. Yeah. And then he did, and everyone was kind of mad. But it's like, Pacers haven't been very good since Lance left. Right. So it was just like people begging for him to come back. And then he came back. And he came back. And you guys and looked was, better a little bit. Yeah, like it was for great. six games, yeah. thought, look, Paul George might not leave and Lance is yeah. going to save it. If he walked now, I don't, I don't think anybody would. Yeah. Well, we, would need flinch. A, we need someone here, some SB Nation writer, I don't know, maybe an SB Nation NBA writer to do like hourly Jenkins coming home piece on Lance, on Lance? retroactively. Because yeah. instead of coming home, it'll be like, I'm never leaving again. Yeah. <laughs> something, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get on to some other things that, I mean, Mike and I had some great timing yesterday on our podcast because everything broke after it, which seems to be how this always goes, right? Right, and everybody yeah. listened to the podcast within <laughs> five minutes of us yeah. posting well, it. Just so like, it all worked out perfectly. The, the second we, exactly. The second we published it, it was, uh, it was obsolete. Uh, oh, actually, that's not true. Ricky's insight. I'll say this. I listen I mean, to a lot look, of look, NBA draft podcasts. I don't think anybody and, and I'm not just saying this because he works for us here at SB Nation, we're not, is that no one actually has more in their brain about NBA draft prospects than Ricky. It was all memorized. It was like bam, bam, bam. It's but, crazy. But yeah. he did say that the it would be great to have Lonzo and D'Angelo Russell he together, did. and that doesn't exactly <laughs> work out. Great segue, Mike. Damn. Yeah, to how. So my first thought of that trade was, well, why didn't the Pacers do this? And then my second thought <laughs> was, like, guys, I told you, like, they don't value him. Like, basically, he was yeah. the asset to get rid of Timofey Mozgov. Like, it's crazy. Like, it is crazy, but it also kind of makes sense. Can we think of any other number two picks in the draft who were devalued that quickly? I mean, I mean Evan a lot Turner of took two. I was going to say Evan yeah. Turner. Evan Turner Evan took Turner. longer, though. I mean, yeah. much longer, when did Michael? Didn't Michael Beasley go, too, or something like that? Yeah, uh, Derek, Derek Williams. Derek I feel Williams like the number two. two pick is, like, a curse. Unless it's I, Kevin I can't Durant. think of it. Yeah. Oh, man, though, there's my joke. Sorry. Dang it. It's all right. Go for it. Uh, rewind. <laughs> and no, 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 no. I want to hear it. No. I want to hear it. This is what we do here. Usually I'll catch Mike before a pun, and he'll stare directly at me and then say the pun anyhow, right? The moment is missed. But it's true, though. Like, there is – I mean, that's part of the the idea of not trading number one pick is the variance is great between one and even two, um, historically. Um, so I guess let's get back to the D'Angelo Russell trade here. He's, what's his situational change now, right? So he's coming to the Nets for a GM who's, or I should say a coach and a GM situation that feels like a better fit for him Absolutely. in the more immediate term. Christian, we go to Nets games. We live in Brooklyn. Actually, I didn't go to any Nets games last year. <laughs> I was going to say. I like, don't blame you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was I, say previously, I went to lots of them because <laughs> they had a somewhat fun team to watch. But when? When they first moved to Brooklyn. Uh, they? Oh, when they had Darren Williams yeah. before he was yeah. washed? Yeah. It was boring as hell. Really? All right. Well, I mean, they're not, they, they the wins are, wins are exciting. Yeah, well, what do you think this impact is for the Nets and what it says for the organization moving forward, Christian? Well, I mean, I think that, number one, for D'Angelo Russell, this couldn't be a better fit for me. You know, mm-hmm. like he's coming to a team pretty much has a fresh start. Um, I think Kenny Atkins is the perfect coach for him. He's going to take him under his wing, going to show him how to play correctly, going to show him, just going to, you know, just show them the right things to do. That's what they do. They they compete hard every night. You know, you can say that they lose. You can say they're not a good team, but they compete every night and just teaching them some of those basics. And I think that this is just kind of a trade where you're expecting more to happen. You know, you're looking at Jeremy Lin, 28 years old. I think he has two more years on his contract. What are they going to do with him? They've got a couple other 
pieces on their roster. They're obviously trying to get younger and trying to build forward, but they have, what is it? I think they have the Wizards pick, which is, what, 22 this year? Yeah. Yeah, they have the Wizards pick. But other than that, it's like, how else can you improve? Um, I think this is a good first step. Uh, I think now it's who do you add with him? The Nets have about $33 million in yeah. cap space they can have. So it's, it's going to be a really fun summer. Uh, I think this is the first move. of And, and Mozgov's not a scrub either. You know, he can, mm. he can still play. So... Uh-oh. What's like the uh, next step up from a scrub? Mozgov. Mozgov is not a scrub, man. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean he's kind of like a like a kitchen device that you use every so often. Yeah, he's more like a. <laughs> he's a wash rag. Is that a wash rag? Yeah, there you go. He's that's a wash terrible. rag. <laughs> that's that's terrible. What a terrible thing to call somebody. But you need yeah. you need wash rags. Yeah, that's true. You do need wash done. rags. They come in handy. Yeah, yeah. yeah time every, time. every so often. Is, is this does this scale eventually reach Clay Thompson, who's a toaster? <laughs> the, 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 Jesus. Actually, <laughs> not that. You do need the toaster for and, a lot and, of things. And so stuff is like an oven. Yeah. yeah, toasters are obsolete nowadays, man. You can, you can, can live without a toaster. Keep going with these uh, kitchen analogies. I, I, I think that we just got the scale. Okay, it's, it's I think scrub, we got it. It's scrub, scrub to oven. Toaster. There's scrub a lot of stuff oven. you can and put you in fall, a toaster. You fall somewhere in between those yeah. two. Yeah. Mike's right. There's a lot of stuff you can. So who would be the waffle iron? Because those are, that's like mm. that's got to be in there somewhere. Iguodala is a waffle iron. He puts the press on people. Yeah. Okay. Iguodala like David West. I think we're on to something here. Yep. Um, but anyway, before I mean, we get too far away from the actual <laughs> thing we're talking about uh, here, which we just did a pretty good job of, um, what does this mean, though? <laughs> I guess we know what it means for the Lakers. We know the impetus for this trade, right? This mm. is cap space. This is not to get the coveted Brook Lopez Can we uh, pause player? for a second to yeah. talk about how disastrous that Mozgov contract was that was signed at 12.05 or so? Like, that yeah. was literally the, first the free thing. agency comes in, and that's the guy they get. <laughs> And it now costs you D'Angelo Russell to get him off your books. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I um, just, I just want. I, if I could have been a fly on the wall in the in the front office when they're like, they're all looking at each other and they're like, you know who we're gonna get? You know, we're gonna shock everyone. We're gonna get Mozgov <laughs> five minutes into free agency. We're gonna oh, shake man. things up. This is gonna be the year for us. And and what if what if they like been describing it to like some low level staffer or something? It's like, all right, we have this we have this grand plan, and you know it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna happen. We're so sure about it. It's like, okay, so it's uh, we're targeting uh, you know Kevin Durant or someone like no no it's it's Timothy Moscow. Moscow and then Luol Deng. No, we gotta get Luol. We gotta Deng. get Luol. Oh that's, man, that's the bearing. <laughs> I mean, I mean what a, that summer is going to haunt them for years and years. Yeah. And years. I mean, it no matter might, what or they it do, might not. <laughs> Magic yeah. I mean, well, it, it might not though. Well, okay, it, if be, they get the catch back, it should haunt them. It should haunt them if they didn't have it, it should, free agents lined up. But if they didn't sign those contracts, that's right. That's right. It yeah. should haunt twenty nine. But if they didn't have those contracts, then they would be able to keep D'Angelo Russell. Twenty eight and a half. Yes. Yeah. If they didn't, if it didn't haunt them, they'd still have D'Angelo Russell and would make those signings. But that's true. You know what I mean? I completely agree, and I don't think. And there's whoever any way they to say have that. to move for to get Deng off their books, like they could have still had that person too. Agreed. Right? I don't disagree with the fact that it it set the course of actions in a different path. Having said that, the ability to immediately draft Lonzo Ball to supplant him or, or, or to take over that point guard role, then know that you're the destination of choice for a guy like Paul George, one of the best players in the NBA. And that some other, you know, a few others, not including LeBron, but other NBA superstars are more than willing to come join that Lakers situation, not even dependent upon the other players who are going to be there, like Ball or George. Mm. Like, this is the Lakers, and, and ultimately, and I guess this fall is Fall ass backwards into success? Yeah, they fall, exactly. They are the Lakers, <laughs> and they fall ass backwards into success. Yeah, like, 
huh. they're not going to miss D'Angelo. I, I like I, they're not going to no. miss him as a player. They're yeah. they're not going to miss him on that roster. Uh, that that doesn't mean they got the most value right. for him. Right. It, it doesn't mean that you know that that the front office grade should be you know uh, excellent just because they they did the you know they made up for a bad signing they did earlier clearly mm-hmm. it came at a price and they could have got more for him but uh, on that roster on that team yeah. uh, I, I don't think that they're going to miss him at all all right I, I tend to agree with with Tim but I do see Mike I know exactly what you're saying I think I mean, you I'm guys not, are I'm both no right. D'Angelo Russell fan yeah. but like yeah. 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 Totally yeah. Yeah. there yeah, is obviously really like a circumstance that plays out where D'Angelo Russell comes to New Jersey or New Jersey wow. <laughs> I did it again to the Nets in how many times in this? they're always going to be the New Jersey Nets to me man. nope that's just the way I mean, it is nope. a, a piece of trade was broken yesterday with the uh, Charlotte oh, the Charlotte Bobcats oh my goodness when the we haven't even talked about the the Dwight Howard trade but when it was tweeted yeah. out the original tweeter uh, wrote Charlotte Bobcats not Charlotte Hornets <laughs> I love that that's yeah. great that's uh, and that's like right a, that's a that's double like play that's like classic too. old man yeah yeah uh, you know it's like people uh, people at my school uh, keep calling it North uh, North Texas State University, even though it's the name has been changed since the '80s. <laughs> but you still you still get it on like Sports yeah. Center whenever they have to talk about it because yeah. they're just so ingrained in their head. And also, nobody cares yeah. about us. We that's, don't that's every <laughs> Philadelphia. That, but, yeah. That's every Philadelphia fan over the age of fifty just purposely mispronounces foreign players' names. It's just like a oh, thing that they so they call up Sports Talk Radio and they'll be like. I don't know about Dario Sarkic. And you're like, that's not even remotely close to what his name would be. Sorry for the Philadelphia accent there, everybody. It's, it's that was a Philly accent? That was very I could do the rest of yeah. Philadelphia accent is a combination of the D.C. area, Pittsburgh, if you will, and like almost a southern accent. It almost has like a Cockney. I could do more of this, but to spare everybody. No, thank you. I want to hear some more. How would they pronounce Embiid? It'd be Joel Embiid. Joel, because it's the O is the Joel. Joel, is this how Tyler speaks? This is no. This is just like trust me, guys. Listen to like ninety-seven. So the funny thing is, he actually talks like this all the time off podcast. It's the Philly accent. Ninety-nine percent of the other times I've ever talked to him. It's like when British singers talk and they're British, but then when they sing, it's like perfectly American English. You know, that's that's just how I talk. That is kind of weird. I know, right? It always bothers. Yeah. We're expanding our minds here. Yeah, Let's move to the, what's even, up? even actors. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Wasn't uh, isn't House? Didn't House have a, a British accent or something like that? Or yeah, a crazy. That's accent? right. And yeah. then uh, Hugh Jackman is, yeah. you know, uh, Australian. Um, okay, enough of this pop oh, culture my mind's stuff. Blown about the singing thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, just... the Beatles don't have like a real British accent, do they? Not when they sing. Not no. when they sing. No. But when they talk, they're the Beatles. All right. So, <laughs> um, other big moves yesterday because there's a lot to recap here. Um, mm. First, let's touch on a few things. Zilla wrote a, a couple articles for us here, obviously just touching upon. Number one is Pau Gasol. This is probably the thing that the NBA insiders, the guys sitting around and girls at this table, are probably, if I were to pick the most important thing that happened yesterday, this seems to be that, even though it's the most kind of under-the-table move. Preda, yesterday when I brought this up, you, I think your first comment was, this is the most Spurs thing. They've done this before. This yep. is exactly what they did with Richard Jefferson back in the day. Talk us through the dynamics so of this the real idea quick. is that they need to clear a certain amount of cap space to get in the ballpark for, if not Chris Paul, then at least a point guard that doesn't have a torn Achilles or whatever Tony Parker has. Mm-hmm. Quad. Quad, sorry. It's okay. Uh, quad tendon. Definitely yeah. a muscle. <laughs> so they need to, you know, Pau Gasol had a $16 million option yep. this year, uh, and that's a lot of money, obviously, but they were able to somehow coerce him or he came to the decision that if he opts out, then now they can sign him to like a contract with lower annual salary, maybe longer. 
Uh, maybe they leave him on the books and then give him like kind of a one-year $20 million deal if they don't get anyone. But this at least now clears away his $16 million, you know, and you would theoretically replace it with whatever his new salary is. Gives him a little extra breathing room, and there's really no reason for Pau Gasol to opt out. Like, in the open market, do you think he would get, like, a good mm-hmm. contract at this stage of his career? Probably yeah. not. So he might not make another $16 million the rest of his career without this. So yep. how the Spurs convince him to do this, like, I have no idea. But it's it just Something every little bit water. will help them if they want to yeah. get a free agent. Although it does potentially, like, in 2018 when Aldridge is off the books and they have even more cap space, yep. this does potentially punch into that a little bit. So they may be thinking – you know, we have a better chance of getting someone good now than later. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think of this type of thing as like, and this is one of the reasons I respect the Spurs. It's like they don't have to make a big deal about this. It's not a public thing. It's not a preemptive thing where a few weeks ago we hear that maybe Paul Gasol is thinking about taking this. They just, just do it. They just do it under the cover it. of this is how our organization operates. Yeah. This is an expectation the rest of the league should have at this point. You know, some, some organizations operate yeah. organized yeah. and then... <laughs> Some are the Knicks. It's just, <laughs> I'm glad you, it's glad just you a difference. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Don't worry, Christian. We're going to end with a nice 10 minute, 15 minutes on uh. just the Knicks. Um, so that, that's what happened with, with the Spurs. And this is important because I think a lot of people still hold on to the idea. And I don't know what you guys think, but there is this, you know, this concept that it's not like a, a tarnished run by the Warriors by any means. But there was a little unfinished business with that with that Spurs series. Oh, yeah. and, and I think that goes without, without saying with Kawhi's injury and... Uh, and obviously being able to combine the powers of people or teams that have been spurned. Mm. Not to say spurs. I, uh, I don't even think 16-0 isn't even in play if Kawhi doesn't <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. So. This is Brady Hoke, and if I know one thing, it's bad college football. That's why I'm here to tell you about the Shutdown Fullcast, a college football podcast so bad that it's mostly not even about football. Every Wednesday, you can listen to Spencer Hall, Jason Kirk, and Ryan Nanny ramble about grocery stores, John Gruden's secrets to everlasting wealth, and unsolved murders. The Shutdown Fullcast, we're very sorry. Okay, let's move on to, you mentioned Dwight Howard. Dwight has moved along. Um, Are you you upset Dwight's not coming to the Pacers? No, I mean, is anybody? (laughs) I I feel... I kind of feel bad for Dwight. Yeah. Like he's just turned into nothing now, like yeah. so quickly. Well, it's it's like the same way the league has shifted to yeah. make a guy like Draymond's skill set like yeah. incredibly yeah. important. It has shifted away. Yeah, I mean, we should Dwight. We should have seen this coming when he said he was going to start shooting threes yeah. next season. I was like, all right, this is this is this is, is the bottom. Is there like Dwight. any fan that would say, "I'll take Dwight"? Yeah, yeah. pick and pop, like, Dwight all day. It's true. Yeah. I don't think Dwight. there's anybody that would. Now. Like how much? I mean, all right. So Tim, last year. Um, or I guess last offseason, two offseasons ago, the Warriors, I'm sorry, the Warriors, the uh, Mavericks wanted to max out DeAndre Jordan. What's the big difference between DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard right now that I'm missing? Uh, DeAndre Jordan can jump. DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard can't jump anymore. DeAndre Jordan can move. 
Um, DeAndre Jordan can catch and finish at the rim. Dwight I, Howard can the, catch and no, throw I'm talking up about, some crap. I'm, I'm, you're talking about like an uber version of one guy. He's basically yeah. just I an mean, amplified pretty, version of Dwight. I would say, like, I mean, what's higher than uber? Like, pretty uber version. For how much longer? These are all skill sets yeah. that are depreciating assets that Dwight well, used to have. Well, the Clippers said that they're thinking about Yeah, I don't think DeAndre Jordan has so, another big contract you know. coming, honestly. I think <laughs> that's, it's, I think that's it's quite interesting. Line. And I'm not, look, I'm not trying to say that Dwight is as good as DeAndre Jordan now. I'm just, in my head, if Dwight is a throwaway, I mean, they... They but, moved the better pick in this trade as well. I mean, and uh, took on more long-term salary. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they took the worst salary and gave away the better pick. But doesn't that say something about like there's some locker room stuff with Dwight too that probably that does follow, tend know, to follow him around more. Like than that, him. it might have been more about that than. Yeah, it seems like DeAndre's a bit more likable. Yeah, 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 uh, for, yeah. Sure, for sure. Which I guess matters. There's, there's also the some might be more likable. <laughs> oh man, there's some there was some connection there between Dwight Howard and Steve Clifford. I saw not too long. Yeah, former assistant coach in yeah, Orlando with yeah. Under Van Gundy. Who knows? Maybe he'll turn the clock back and Dwight's jumping out the gym again. But yeah, I just want to see what Dwight Howard's form looks like shooting from 28 feet out. I want to know if he's gonna bank it in. <laughs> He's gonna have some arc on that shot. I want to man Kemba and Kemba and Dwight Howard on that pick and pop. Horace loves spacing. Didn't that whole thing with I'm gonna shoot threes sound like you know your your dad or your grandpa being like, hi, oh, check out what this social media. I gotta see what this tweeter is. <laughs> it's all these hello kids. <laughs> this tweeter right. is today, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. So that, that move doesn't really move the Eastern Conference needle, but it did nah. kind of just show how the – I mean, I used this in a text to you last night, Mike, but, like, how the mighty have fallen. You yeah. know, not too long ago, Dwight was the pivotal piece of an offseason that was linking Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, and Dwight Howard together. That wasn't that long ago. Mm. Like, it four really, years ago, it's, yeah. That's not long ago. I mean, mm-hmm. think about how, you know, your lives have moved in the last four years or so. You know, I'm, I've been working at Vox the entire time. Speaking of how... Well done. Thank you. Speaking of how the mighty have fallen, I just thought about this not yeah. too long ago. How many... This is completely unrelated to Dwight Howard, but mm-hmm. how many good years do you think LeBron has left until yeah. he's has to be number two? And so he's what, 30, on his team. three years old? He's 30, yeah, I think he's 32, 33. 32. He's he turning 33. 32, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so he'll be, yeah, in December. So midway through next year, the, he turns 33. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not a significant question, too, if you're a team like the Lakers or Clippers that are trying to get in a position to sign him. Yeah. Like, you're not going to turn LeBron yeah. down, but, like, what kind of team are you building around him? Well, yeah, like, and how many ball handlers? Like, you're yeah. going to have Lonzo, Paul, George, LeBron. Agreed. That's all an interesting these guys point. have the ball and need the ball to be effective. Because how he's going to mature into out? a guy who's going to be, I mean, in my opinion here, I think it's pretty clear, LeBron's going to mature into a guy who's going to be a distributor. He's going to help dictate the game. Like, if you've ever been on a court – like a YMCA, and there's like an older dude, but he happened to be a Division One basketball player or something like that, and he's yeah. like 50, but he's the best player on the court without even moving. It's like when you play someone who's really good at a racket sport, the best players move the least, mm. and they're the ones dictating where you're moving. Um, that's just my experience getting pushed around by older guys. <laughs> but, uh, but that's how LeBron's going to be. Like If he wants to say, I'm going to be the post-up point guard when I'm 39 years old, like that's probably a good point guard. Like it's mm. probably a smart player making the best decisions. Like Andre Miller. Totally. Right. Yeah. And if Andre Miller could do it until he's like 43 years old, and granted, Andre Miller was born 43 years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw him do an uh, off-season workout once back when I was working at um, Hacks at the NBA training he facility. Did those? What's up? He yeah. Did those, well, that's why I'm funny. You should bring that up, Mike. <laughs> because he shot around for five minutes wearing jeans oh. and then sat down and watched like Westbrook and Harden running up and down the court. Because he was like, let them, let He them actually shot? Them. Or was he like, yeah, a couple set shots. He picked up go. his kid, let his kid make a layup. <laughs> really nice guy. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a class act guy. Um, I don't know. I feel like LeBron's still going to be someone who will be effective for another at least five years, but probably a little bit. What kind of money is he going to want at that point? You know, like, are you going to want to pay for a guy past his prime who might be 
But I feel like yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. because LeBron, I don't know, man. like everything we've learned about LeBron, he's gonna be fine taking whatever role yeah. he's okay with being. He's not yeah. gonna, you know, Kobe went down and ball fire. You know, had to, still had to be the guy. That's and like right. we already, none of us probably think that LeBron's gonna do that. No. We know that he'll. He already gets criticized for making the right pass. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, like that's he's true. gonna that be fine true. molding into whatever role yeah. that he wants to, to yeah. do. That's a good point. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, look, we're going to keep speculating on this. I think the big variable that has never come up that we've not had to enter into the LeBron equation is he's just never had a serious injury. Yeah, right. And, I think and that, that was what Dwight, I was say. And mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to mention with Dwight is you fall off a cliff athletically when you hurt your back, specifically mm-hmm. your lower back. Plus, Mike and I both been I had a lower back injury <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah, so we, know, we know the back pain. <laughs> yeah, Christian has fallen off athletically I severely. Have, man. You should, you should, you should have seen me since man. the injuries. I, I was a phenom at age 14, and then I hurt my back. <laughs> his uh, his typing, his blogging fingers just don't yeah. work like they used to. They don't. I mean, you man. guys, we're, we're almost coming up to the year. You guys are almost coming up to the year when I laid down in summer league and woke up and my back hurt <laughs> and changed my life forever. You're almost there, so I have one. Of, I had one of those in D.C. I, woke, I went to sleep and I woke up and I had to get an Uber to the hospital. <laughs> kind of sucks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you have a disc problem? No, they said I had a, a, a lumbar strain. <laughs> so fine. That's not as bad as what we had. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what you guys have going on. If no one else said this table is healthy, I'm very healthy. Yeah, and Tim are very able-bodied. Yeah, really good. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> um, well, let's. Uh, I do want to bring up the one guy, um, and before we get to the whole Knicks saga of yesterday, mm-hmm. which even if it was just like a snapshot, was you know, riveting. Um, and that's and that's this aside comment uh, Dwayne Wade made, right, about mm-hmm. what he thinks that. I guess the, the the comment was really just to speak about the value of, uh, I guess, his former teammate and I think friend Dion Waiters. Oh. Is to say, what is Waiters' expected value in this free agency market? And I think 150 million dollars is what our very own. Uh, Tom Ziller agreed is at uh. that rate. Now, now he said Zill, Ziller said 150 million? One, 100 and it says uh, I mean the headline uh, to this is D Wade suggests Dion Waiters should get 150 million. I agree. Oh. <laughs> so I think so. I mean I love Dion Waiters. I, I, I that's that's a little that's that's a lot for me cuz what I is mean, that's a max that's probably a max contract. 150 right? billion in my opinion. <laughs> billion dollars. There's no yeah. price on Dion Waiters. Yeah. There yeah. shouldn't be. Would you want Waiters on the maps? Uh, sure, why not? Yeah. By the way, the reason that yeah. Tom had that headline is that Dion Waiters cannot make $150 okay. Okay. million. Dollars. Okay. The okay. most he can make what is, is about $109 million over four years. And that's his max? Yeah. Okay. And so he has no bird rights. Got it, got it. That's mm. right, that's right. So with that in mind, oh, right, because Oklahoma City stuff. Um, forgot about the whole chapter in his career. And he was in Cleveland, too. That's right. Wow, he's been around. Yeah. So, so are we to expect the rest of Dion Waiters' career and Mike? I know you're a little more skeptical on him than, than maybe the rest of us who are fans. Uh, is, uh, I like having oh, him in the league. I'm oh, not sure I want him on my team. Oh, we do expect, though, the rest of his career is more like this past year in Miami or the previous years? We, uh, I mean, has he actually moved the needle? And, 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 you know, I think it's more like the previous years. Interesting. I think it's going to be a mix of okay. both. Kind of like, like peak J.R. Smith, hmm. where you never know what you would get. Sometimes you'd, you'd get a reliable person. Yeah. Other times he's going one for 30. Right, um, right. I like Deion Waiters. I think he can score. But um, it's Dion's an interesting guy, though. Yeah. Just as an overall, like his his confidence levels are one of the things. Yeah, that if he gets the ball to, to his left hand, he he, right. he believes that ball is going in. He's also, see, can yeah. you ever teach him like J.R. Smith learned to play off the ball and spot up and, and shoot learn to threes. play defense? He's, just, he's not as good of a shooter as J.R. No. J.R.'s a really well, good so shooter. Then, what is he doing for you if he's He's basically great playing the role he was in Miami, like where you have a great defensive yeah. team that needs someone who can put the ball in the hoop. So is the key to stay in Miami? If is Miami wants him to stay in Miami, Maybe I think that he's not staying in Miami if they're getting Gordon Hayward or Blake Griffin. That's right. That's right. Send him to Minnesota. 
center of Minnesota. Yeah, I, I'd be fine with that. Minnesota would be a fun team for him to be on. He's yeah, only 25 probably. years old. I mean, yeah, he's, he's still young. I didn't realize he was that young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he only played what one year at Syracuse. He's a Philadelphia. I, I hope the too. Nets don't offer him a contract just because he's not the type of player I see that I envision. Yeah. in, in for Brooklyn, but. I'm not sure I want Dion and, and Russell no. together. Nah, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's just like the anti-Spolstra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like Dion and Lance together. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Also, also, you're kind of okay with that, too. No. But think of the content. Oh, yeah. That's true. If Indiana's going to be kind of, mm, anyway, why not? Yeah. That's probably Larry Bird got out of there early, no? <laughs> yeah, the time of The tea leaves were there. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the most interesting uh, thing from yesterday. And that is uh, a player who is, I think, uh, universally regarded as untouchable becoming extremely, extremely touchable, touchable um, in, in one day. Um, Christian, when you got the news yesterday that um, Phil Jackson was, was listening to offers for Kristaps Porzingis. You can ask these guys. Well, okay, first let's go to the people who are around Christian. Uh, when you were there? Yeah, I think, there? I think we told Christian <laughs> to check his phone, and he w- just walked away. <laughs> he didn't say a whole lot. He just left the area that we were in. Yeah, I think me and Seth had a moment where we were like, is this happening right now? It doesn't really make sense, but nothing makes much sense when it comes to this this Knicks team. Sure. Um, the way I read it was, all right, the Knicks are going to trade Carmelo. That's probably going to happen, but... Melo kind of took Kristaps under his wing that whole that whole uh, rookie year, even the second year. So those two guys, I don't want to say they're joined at the hip, but those are as close as two guys can be. Right. Um, and Kristaps was obviously frustrated with how Phil Jackson handled the whole Melo thing. They haven't even spoken to him since the end of the season. So it's it's it's. I have no words. I mean, he's basically boycotted them. Yeah. Although, did you see that statement from his brother? Like, <laughs> he, he, he still to be, wants yeah. to be in New York despite how they <laughs> treat yeah. their players. In spite of, I mean, look, would you want to play for a team that arrested a, an all-time great, that sent him to jail, and, and could, like, it's 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 crazy so what's crazy. going on here. And it's not just Phil; it's Dolan. Yep. It's man. It's it's it needs to be gutted in there. I mean, I couldn't Start envision the Sixers doing this to Embiid or the Mavs ever doing that to Dirk. I mean, no. Dirk's a great example. I mean, that's a European guy who had to learn the culture of the NBA, the culture of the United States, all that stuff. Imagine if, if right. in, in 20 years Mark Cuban arrests Dirk <laughs> for yelling, for saying the team should be yeah. better. You got any thoughts on that, Tim? Uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> It's too far fetched. Yeah, it's just not. It's just like I, I can't. I can't wrap my head around yeah. that happening. No. And for for me, it was more so like you know, Kristaps was the one thing that Phil Jackson got right. right. And now you're going to ship that out of town after you gave away J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert yeah. for Trident layers after you traded all these other guys after you, did, after you destroyed the roster built it again broke it back down and now you don't know where you're going to go. I mean, what's it's what's the like, value you get? I mean. Mike, is there a situation where you would make that trade as the Knicks? Well, there's a situation, yeah. For everything, right? Yeah. But, like, I mean, you need what? What would be the thing that would I say, would, yeah, okay, let's get rid I of I would need Fultz and a 2019 no, and 2020 first round I would, I would trade Chris for Fultz straight up. Of course I would. No, nah, I need Fultz and more because we, I mean, we, like, okay, we, we know what Poor Zingas is. We don't know what Fultz is going to be. I would trade, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would trade uh, the number two or three pick for Poor Zingas. I mean, but... Porzingis is 22. Uh, he is obviously an incredible talent, um, but and he's being misused, obviously. But so it's misused. not. But it's not like he's become the star we all thought yet. Right. You know, he is 22. You know, so yeah. I mean, I cash that in for 
I mean, a boatload. It doesn't sound like, to be honest, it doesn't sound like the Knicks are that serious about yeah. moving him. But, yeah. but it's the optics of it, right? It's this, this idea to me that, that this dysfunctional franchise has yeah. one golden ticket, and they're like willing to put it out there for the highest bidder. I, to me, what the way I read this is, this is Porzingis sort of trying to saber rattle, and the Knicks kind of being like, okay, I mean, yeah, everybody's tradable, um, sort of saber rattling back. The interesting component of this for Porzingis, and I didn't think about this until I heard someone else say this, and I forget what. So the new designated player max rule. I mean, you get it if you make all NBA the year before and all those requirements, but you can only do it if you're on the with the team you're still on before your rookie contract expires, which is why Jimmy Butler doesn't want to go to Cleveland. Got it. Because – he wants to stay with Chicago and be to eligible. Get that money. But if if you can get traded before your rookie contract is up, then you can still be eligible with your new team. Oh. So Porzingis, if he doesn't want to be there, it serves him better to try to wedge his way out now rather than after signing the extension because he could get traded somewhere and still eventually be eligible for that. That's a great point. I think I don't, again, I, I wish I could take credit for that. I don't remember where I heard that, but it, it made me realize what he's doing here. Sure, you know that now makes a lot of sense that he's pulling this act. Yeah, if he if he wants to get out of there, he's got to do it soon. Right, you know, otherwise he's not going to be eligible for that bump. I mean, that I thought was really interesting. And the groundwork was set with the exit interview drama and, and just you no know, contact with your best player, who's also in the developmental stage of his career. You know, this is where you want to see the pictures and Instagram videos of yeah. like, here's Kristaps playing at like X gym, taking shots and playing pickup with these other NBA players. But like, it's not that he's like, excommunicated from doing that. It's just that this Knicks, for a better lack of a better word, this Knicks stink that's been following him since the season ended. This kind of feels like a logical next step for Phil to try to move some of that power back in his hands, which is you're a player and I control all the players on this team. Yeah. And um, how they play. And how they play, more specifically. Play. That's a great point. That's I think the, point. the Knicks kind of did this to themselves last summer, you know, because mm-hmm. I was expecting them to go more so in the route of, all right, let's develop Porzingis, let's put players around him. Mm-hmm. They wanted to win, quote-unquote, and they went and got Derrick Rose, who's not a pass-first point guard, who doesn't look to pass on the drive until he's under the rim already. And that I think that decision to bring him in kind of stifled KP yeah. because now you see him floating around the three-point line all the time. You've already got Melo who touches the ball and has, like, adhesive glue on his hands and it just doesn't move. It's, it's, I, I really want them to put some players that complement KP in there. And if they don't, I don't blame them for wanting to get out of there. I'd want to get out of there, too. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, I don't have any other things from yesterday, but I do want to get everyone's thoughts here for your respective team's draft picks so we can have that kind of <laughs> just – I will sit out this one. <laughs> <laughs> no need for Fred in this one. Um, I, I mean, We're I know, doing like, a D-League team finally. G-League, uh, bro. G-League. Sorry, Come G-League. On, man, Something right. that they've the been G-League. working on for like years and finally now that they have a practice facility, they felt like they could do it. Where? Where is the – well, they're gonna they're building a new facility in St. Elizabeth, and okay. the reason that and I know this because this is what Ted Leones has told me, and this is what everybody around the team have been telling me for a while is that right. they, they're waiting because they didn't want to ha- buy a team far away and mm. put their players there. Okay. Of course, it's not like there are zero arenas in the DC area that they could have played in. Right, but you this know, is all it's just like part it's of the, the new DC area dual yeah. contract aspect, right? Where no, you, I think they own this team. They're, no, but I'm, I'm saying, I mean, like, where the you'll be able to have contract the two-way contract, so that way you might want to have a guy closer so he can be a, a bus ride right. away. Yeah. Or um, in this case, like a Uber or Subway. Yeah, yeah. But, cool. yeah, anyway, cool. Th- right. I am not involved in this To the draft there. picks. Uh, the, first, uh, the first of this group here is the Knicks at eight. Christian, in an ideal world, this isn't, like, who you think. This is, like, who do you want from this draft? Who do you want? 
Oh, you mean like if I could yeah. have anyone? Uh, no, I mean like at the number at eight, eight pick, oh, realistically, okay. Who, okay, okay. who do you think? I mean, well, I think realistically we're going to have either one of, of Monk, Dennis Smith, or or Frank. I could try to pronounce French it. French Frank. Nilakina. That's how we're, Okay, we're going with Nilakina today. Tomorrow we'll go with Tilakina. I've heard the N is silent before. I've heard the N is not. I don't know. I believe the official the official ruling is it's the N, that you pronounce the N. So the T is silent. Can we just do French Frank? Tilakina. Ricky said that, so. I am trusting him. A there we go. Expert. Okay, we'll go with Neil Aquino. Um, so who do you want? I really like Monk. I don't okay. know what it is about him. He, I know he can fill it up. and It's just it's everything it's else something about him. Yeah, it's something about <laughs> I know he's undersized for a two. Um, he had this interview, I think, well, maybe it was today or yesterday. He was wearing an orange watch. Well, it, had a, had a, it was like a, a watch with an orange band on yeah, it yeah. talking about whatever draft team or whatever. Um, I like Monk. I would not be surprised if the Knicks go Nilakina. Um, they really can't go wrong at eight. Well, no. Let me say. Let me stop that now. Let me stop that now. They can always go wrong. If they pick one of those three, I don't think they can go wrong. Um, I would like Monk, but I wouldn't be opposed to any yep. of those other guys either. Fair enough. And so your fate directly goes to Tim's team's fate, who picks right after that. You guys are going to get Nilakina, no? Mavs at nine. Up. If please, please let the Knicks draft uh, Monk. <laughs> By all means, go right ahead. Uh, Dennis Smith is the player they, they should want, but but Nilakina is a, a fine option as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis Smith makes more sense um, because he's he's just you know he's a, he's a few more years along. He's gonna he's gonna develop quicker. He, he can probably make an immediate impact, which I don't think Nilakina can do. Yep. Um, so so I think Smith um, you know just kind of factors into into their long term plans a little bit yep. uh, a little bit better, or not even long term, I guess short term as well. Because right. yeah. you know with Dirk on the roster, as long as he's on the roster, they're gonna be trying to win now. Yep. How and long they is have that? team uh at least one more season but maybe yeah. two maybe yeah. two if he feels good he, he said if he feels as good at the end of next season as he did a, at the end of this season he'll be back for another most likely okay. um so it's, it's just about how whether he can stay healthy and feel good and, and have a good team around him sure, that also sure. matters so you know having having a point guard who's who's a few steps along in the development process um and i, and I think dennis smith is one of those guys i think he's you know he's he fell off because he was at a you know, he was at a college that you know th- th- they were very bad, but, but he, coaches he I mean he came year. he came into the yeah. he came into the draft or he came into the season, uh, you know as the third pick behind the the other two point That's guards right. That's right. Uh, behind behind Fultz and, and Ball and he was the at the time the consensus the consensus uh, number third pick so yep. that, um, that would yeah. be a, so you got Smith Seth Curry uh, Matthews West Matthews Harrison Barnes and Nerls Noel like that's Athletic. not. A, that's not a great. That's Other not a great team, Curry. but that's a fun team. Yeah. It's a it's a fun team. It's, that, that it's not bad. You have you you could probably bring Dirk off the bench. You have mm-hmm. you know Yogi Ferrell's a, a nice little backup. Uh, you know Seth Curry. I, I feel like because Seth Curry came on when everybody stopped paying attention to this team. You know what he was able to do at the end of last season amazed me. Yeah. Um, you don't think was, it was a fluke? No, I don't. I, it didn't look like one to me. I mean, he's he's just. It, it's not like he does anything fluky though. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. he's a really he's, good shooter. He he can run the pick and roll. And that's how he scores. He scores like that, and he, you know, he's a he's a secondary playmaker. So, yeah. and he's uh, he's also very uh, he's a, he he picks up steals and not in a reckless way, yeah. which is a nice trait to have as well. That's right. Uh, just the athleticism you'd be combined. I mean, Nerlens changes the complexion of that, that front yeah. court in his own. Yeah, right, You're still yeah the other the other thing about Smith is that not happy he's, about it. He's more of a <laughs> he's yeah. more of a he, he's going to pair well. Yeah. He's going to pair better in the pick and roll. Well, when Embiid is injured again, you're going to miss Noel too. Yeah, no, you yeah. could just you could just put Okafor up in there, man. Let him I mean, let him run the there's show. There's always a chance that uh, Noel is also injured 
at the yeah, same time. Because he's you know, been also, super healthy. Also, uh, yeah, exactly. So, something about glass houses yeah, and Bradley Beal's Don't ever right? bring up injuries. Yeah. It never ends well. That's right. I forgot. Noel did play in 31 games in two years. Oh, my goodness. I would not mess with that. This podcast, seriously, this limited upside podcast here. Don't do it. Don't ever do that, right? Exactly. And this podcast here only worked, I think, and we're finding this out rapidly now. It only may have worked when the Sixers were bad and the Wizards were good because all of a sudden... Yeah, the Wizards are still good. I mean, I, I yeah. agree. The Sixers, if everything works out, will be much better than them. Dude, didn't you hear we already won the Eastern Conference? <laughs> wow. No, I'm just kidding. I, in three wow. years, well, that, Mike, I, mean, I, would, I might have believed that if I read that Twitter Mike would hashtag. call this podcast <laughs> huge downside if he could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really disappointing downside. Um, yeah. All right, end of the Pacers. Let's see. Who do the Pacers want to pick? You it, guys does are, it matter? Does it even... <laughs> does, it, like, does anyone care? 18th pick? 18th? Yeah, 18th. Can you send that pick to the yeah, Knicks? Like, are they we will go, take are they even going to have the pick? Like, right. we, we, we'll take your there's pick. There's like, I just feel like the Pacers picking 18th is like the least, most important thing. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. Right yeah. 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 And then, so I don't even know like what their thoughts are doing with it. Like, are they getting rid of it? Are they really trying to find somebody? Sure. Like, it's, it seems like a poor time to be drafting when you're trying to get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I do like, um, I mean, uh, Draft Express has Bam at a bio there. Mm. I kind of like Bam playing with, um, with, with Miles Turner. Turner. That's yeah. a good inside yeah. out. They're both powerful young dudes. Can Bam, Bam shoot? Can he, can so Bam has a little bit of a mid-range game. Like, it's developing. He's not like a lost cause type mm. big. Like, uh, he's not Dwight Howard coming out where you never expect anything from yeah. either side. But yeah. his body build is crazy yeah. uh, for a young guy. And, like, he's like 19 and a half years old or something also. And when you look yeah. at dudes with shoulders like that, skinny neck, you grow into your body. Very similar to, to yeah. Dwight's physical composition. Um, it's interesting. I mean, plus, like... Much like what Ricky was saying yesterday uh, on this podcast, like the thing about this Kentucky team was there wasn't a whole lot of room for any individual player to operate to expose point. their bigger skill set. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and that especially goes for the guys who had to take the paint up. That's a yeah. good point. Um, so maybe Bam makes sense. But yeah. I think to your larger point, like get, get it, your ducks in a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. does it matter? Uh, ben, Bam Adebayo has a very descriptive name for his game. Does yes, it yes, Bam he does. Adebayo. yes, he does. Bam and Miles. Yes. And we like that. Um I guess Mike, the Wizards have a no. The Nets have round? the Nets have the Wizards pick. Yes, and, um, they, they do. The Wizards have a pick they're not going to use. Instead, they're going to bring in undrafted players like they did last year. The That's fifty-second pick. Yeah, um, which by the way is like no different than having the fifty-second pick. Yeah, ultimately, people are going to get annoyed, and it's like Yogi actually, Farrell, right? Dude, right. Yeah, you're better. You're going to get a better player in the free agent pool. Yeah, anyway. TJ. A lot of times, like so. <laughs> so a lot of times, what happens at the end of the draft now is that. You only take players that are willing to go overseas, and so the best prospects who aren't willing to go overseas instead just don't get drafted and sign bigger contracts anyway. Right. The Sixers know well, all well about yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost better to not have a pick than have the 52nd pick. That's true. Um, yeah. yeah, just something that I don't have to worry about come draft day, and you, you see where the pieces fall. Um, mm. Cool. Do we want to make some predictions about big things? Is there anything big that's going to happen? Uh, do we think Jimmy Butler's staying put for sure, it sounds like, or do we think he's going to get moved? I, I think they want to move him, and they'll find a way to move him. I don't think it's up to him. I think it's up to Garpax and <laughs> what Garpax wants Garpax gets. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. think he's as good as gone. But please prove me wrong. I'd love to see him sign that $200-plus contract and give free Argyle socks to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Cool. Four stars. Yeah. Do you still have Draft Express <laughs> up, by the way? What's up? Do you still have Draft Express up? Yeah. Um, who do they have going 22? 22. Draft Express has... It's D- just a shot in the dark. DJ honestly. Wilson. Nah. And again, it's not for Team Fit or anything, but I do think DJ Wilson's an interesting player, and he was one of Ricky's sleepers yesterday. Okay. 
And he's been pretty good on his sleeper picks over the years. Uh, okay. I was for th- us. I was thinking the Nets should go to Harry Giles or Giles Harvey's yeah, his name. Yeah, just because Giles, yeah. he had that injury, but but so did Karis Levert. Yep. And they brought him along slowly. They didn't, they made they put him on a minutes restriction early on and now he's looking like part of the future. So yep. they could do something similar with Harry. Why not? I mean the back end of this draft is filled with legitimately decent prospects. Mm-hmm. Big guys who say could potentially... this every single year. How many I, of these guys actually pan out? I mean, the whole thing here is that... Oh, this draft lacks in star power, but it's super deep. We say that every single year. Okay, well, I, I watched Semi Ojale play last year. I thought Semi had an NBA body and an NBA sensibility. He was one of the best players on one of the best teams in college basketball last year, and if you watched the NCAA tournament, he had one tremendous tournament game, right? He was SMU's best player. He was recruited there originally by Larry Brown, who was an NBA pedigree. Semi's a guy who's in the mid-20s right now. Mm-hmm. And he's, I mean, if you look at the dude's build, there's not much difference between the way he looks physically and Ron Artest. And I'm not saying they're the same player, <laughs> but he's <laughs> a part of the problem, though. If he already looks yeah. like an NBA player, he's going to be pretty ordinary going up against other, I don't But know. when you get drafted in the 20s, you get drafted by a playoff him. team. Hey, God, yeah. that's good job. Good <laughs> yeah. Well done. Though his name's Semi. It's, Semi. Was that the same name from uh, in um, Coming to America? Was Semi Arsenio Hall's? I think car- so. Semi? Yeah, it may yeah. have been. Love that movie. Um, all right. Oh, man. So, Jimmy Butler, I don't think there's anything. I'm sure we'll all be together or we'll have individual people from this podcast on to if and when <laughs> Paul George makes this move. When. or When. when okay, yeah. when. Uh, we'll have Whitney come back on. <laughs> you won't uh, hear from me because the Knicks are not trading Chris Stapps Porzingis. Uh, and that's you heard a, a first inside thing. information. Yeah, right. There. right. They are not trading. Okay. From inside Christian's heart. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The fact that this is even a, to- a topic of discussion ridiculous. is really, the, really tells you all you need to know about that situation. <laughs> I think that's a good call. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, again, this was uh, Christian Winfield, Tim Cato, Whitney Medworth, Mike Prade, as always, and I'm Ben Epstein. This was the Limited Upside Podcast.